Welcome to season five of the Be Your Own Kind podcast, where we interview individuals that are basking in the lane they have created. To keep up with all things BYOK, visit our website at beyourownkind.com. While there, stop by the BYOK shop to grab our merch to add daily inspiration to your life. BYOK has also created a Facebook group that offers giveaways, business advice, and lots of laughs, and most importantly, sisterhood. Have time for a chat or to just get acquainted with your girl? Go to our site and click under bookings to set up a 30-minute coffee chat. Be sure to tune into the BYOK 2 Cents Live every Wednesday at 920 Central Standard Time on the BYOK platform YouTube channel, or you can listen to us on Fluent Radio at www.fluentradio.com. Last but not least, if you love our content, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and share our episodes. Or if you feel so inclined, send a donation to our PayPal at paypal.me backslash BYOK24. Thank you for rocking with us each season and enjoy the episode. Well, hello, Danielle. How are you? I'm awesome. How about yourself? I am doing pretty well, pretty well. I know um, off off the record, we were talking about moving, um, coming from a city and now living in like a more suburban area. Right. The adjustment <laughs> of it all, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to forever be a D girl though. So it's like the saying that says you can take the girl out the city, but you can't take the city out the girl. That's so me. Like, I think when you're from, when you grew up in a major city, no matter where you move, it's, it's just in you. I, I agree with that. I actually, the, here's a little fact. I was born in Detroit. I don't remember nothing about really? it. But I was raised in Chicago. Wow. So I honestly know nothing about Detroit, <laughs> but I know everything <laughs> about Chicago. My dad well, you was know what? in the military. It's probably very similar though. I think many major, especially Midwest, like they're all similar. Like, it, I feel like if you lived in one place, you kind of got the vibe of how all of it would be if you were to live in any major city. Yeah, that's true. But it, it like, I don't really mention that I was born there because then people start asking me, have you been to that? I'm like, no. <laughs> I have no idea what's in Detroit. <laughs> don't feel bad because it's been a few years since I've uh, moved from there to where I am now. And the difference is so dramatic. Like, oh my God, like I'll see places and I'm like, that's Detroit? Wow, okay. And I'm like, it's just changing so fast that it's, it's probably new to the people who was living there. Cause even before I moved, it was so many changes happening. It was just like, where am I? Like I literally started feeling like it was just a different place with things that you were used to growing up is no longer there. The businesses that you grew up going to are no longer there. And it's just like this influx of all new stuff. So it's a, it's a different place. Yeah, that's how I feel about Chicago, too. This whole gentrification clearly is nationwide. So it's they're just, yeah, the, the old neighborhoods are turning into new neighborhoods with coffee right. shops and exactly. um, whole foods. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's happening all across the country. So it's just like, I think I call it americanizing things you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's almost like if you've been to one major city nowadays you've been to them all because they're all kind of like made off of the same kind of um businesses and structures that are success you know form their formats of success so they kind of replicate those things all across the country so yeah, you've been you, one place you, you've been them all 
Yeah, you're making a point. You're actually making a point with that because it is starting to, Chicago's starting to look like the next city and the next city and the next city. So, so yeah. So, we just started talking. Um, <laughs> I just want to first thank you for signing up to be on my platform. I am super excited to get into your story. Um, can you uh, first introduce yourself to the audience and give them a little bit about you? Sure, absolutely. So, hi, everybody. I am Jan Yale. I go by the name of Jay Marie. And I am the founder of J. Marie Premium Sneakers, which is a premium sneaker brand that is conceived in Detroit. That's why we were talking about Detroit. That's where I'm from and handcrafted in Italy. Um, yeah, so that's the gist of what it is. Oh, I love how you, I love the humbleness. I love how you plan that down. Look, <laughs> she is amazing. There is not. I actually was looking online because mm -hmm. on your on your form you were um, mentioning how the sneaker game is a male dominated game now i, I might have probably known that but i was like wait a minute it is it's not, i think it was like a light bulb like it's not a lot of females yeah. that that so own true. their own sneaker brand so i think that was that i think and i i think it's super dope that you're tapping into a untapped territory basically for women yes yes, yes. and I, i'm glad that you pointed that out because i was just talking about that yesterday with someone because I seen I came across this TikTok and um, she was talking about different strategies that big brands use like to gain influence for their from their true target audience and it just kind of brought me back to that same conversation like it's not like a lot of these sneaker brands they're not geared toward women I mean we wear them because that's what's offered but they're not made they're not made with you in mind um, and sneaker the sneaker industry is male dominated and it's always been sports dominated all of the sneakers are geared towards different sports so it's just like okay everybody's not that <laughs> so where's no. for the women like me like a, a woman who has a certain type of style that doesn't necessarily fall into that right i love that i love that and you know what I'm not really a sneaker gal because of that. Like, I want to walk, like, some, I, I have a wide foot and I feel like sometimes I have to, like, stretch that, those two strings out so far. Then mm. when I finally get there, now it's the, the little tongue is flopping and I'm walking. <laughs> it's just weird. So you're right. Like, something that's tailored to not only just a woman foot, but a, a swollen foot. <laughs> something yes. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say swollen. That's not swollen. Well, I do swell up, but I do got I do got a little fat. Yeah, like a, a wider, a wide, wide width, wide width. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me, you both. So don't feel bad because I I'm kind of on a on a what people might consider like a bigger size when it comes to women sneakers. So yeah, definitely. And and that's another thing. A lot of heels they're not made for people with wide feet. So it's just like you're being put into this scenario where you're uncomfortable because you're trying to do something that was not made for you. <laughs> right, right. Speaking of heels, so you used to wear nothing but heels, right? Sneakers yes. weren't even part of your life. So what, yes. um, can you just share your story of how you transitioned from a heel girl to a sneakerhead? Sure, absolutely. So um, I always start with telling people the story of me living in downtown Detroit because it's so vivid for me because it was just so new to me. I'm a uh, um, girl that always grew up in close-knit neighborhoods. And, you know, at some point I remember seeing things like Sex in the City 
and all these different shows that kind of glamorize that living downtown life. So I think at one point, all women were like, I want to live downtown. I want to live, you know, I want to have a sex in the city type of scenario. And I think that's where I was at when I graduated from college. I'm like, I want to live in a major city, you know, downtown with water views and just, you know, live the life and just be in the midst of where everything was happening. And I sought that life and got it. But then I started realizing very quickly that the way I was dressing wasn't fit for that type of lifestyle <laughs> because anybody who knows anything about living in a downtown area, especially um, in the center of downtown, you have a lot of parking structures and you have to walk a ways to get to different things because there's not a lot of parking. So that was one thing I, I was beginning to be like, okay, you can't always have your your a change of shoes and change in the middle of something, you know, it's just inconvenient. So that was one thing that kind of made me start getting on the track of thinking, I want to start dressing more comfortable. But what kind of really pushed it over um, was me being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So after being, at, prior to being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, I was already in and out of the hospital dealing with different illnesses. At the time, I didn't know what it was. I was just kind of always in the hospital. Like one time I had lost vision in my right eye. Then another time I was having all these weird body sensations. Then I was like every other month, seriously, it was just like something new, something different. So I was always feeling achy, always sleepy all the time, just different things. So I'm like, you know what? I can't wear these tight clothing because I would always wear like the tight dresses, the tight skirts with the heels. And I was just like, this is putting a, a, a working on my body because I'm already in pain. Um, and funny, I ended up finding out later on when I was going to different support groups that when you do have an autoimmune disease like multiple sclerosis, tight clothing actually aggravate your symptoms. So mm -hmm. that was one of the things where I was just like, oh, okay, no wonder. I'm always feeling achy and just sore by the end of the night. I'm not really dressing appropriately for what my body is now dealing with. So that was one thing, me beginning to dress differently. And, you know, I started being a, a heel and dress girl, skirts to, okay, where's the jogging suit at? <laughs> where's the, the, the loose fitting clothes? So of course, naturally, I gravitated towards, you know, you need to wear footwear that matches that type of um, clothing. So I started looking at different brands. I never been like the high top girl or a Jordan girl or a Nike girl, you know, all those different things. I was just like, that is not me. Like I can't see myself wearing that. I just never been into it. So um, it initially started off with me getting some sneakers made for me, not even in a business format, but I was getting so many different compliments. I just like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm about to turn this into a business because it's something that no one's doing. Like, where is the sneaker brand that's catering to a woman like me? So I decided to create that. That is so dope. That is so dope how it's like you were giving lemons and you legit made lemonade. Like, you like, okay, well, if well if I'm going to have to wear this, then I'm going to make it wear it's not only comfortable right. for me, but for <laughs> other women as well. Like, I love, I love that thought pattern, like, being the change in a sense like yeah that. yeah absolutely and i i think it even that mindset lends more into the direction that my brand is going in now because um uh, at first it was 
always been J. Marie premium sneakers because I'm like, okay, I'm J. Marie and these are the sneakers I had made for me and now they're available to you. So that's where the name came from. But then I started thinking, what else do I want my brand to be beyond that? And I started thinking like, these are sneakers for style influencers with the H-E-R instead of the C-E-R at the end of it because it's like, that's, that's what this is. So I began to kind of change the direction and say, these are for those women. Like we've all, most women, especially women of color, we're, we are all style influencers. So it's just like, if you're a person who kind of like march to your own beat and you kind of turn things into an opportunity that works for you in your own unique way, these are sneakers that are for you because that's what the story is behind them. Yeah, most definitely. I love the um the pink python reloaded boots. I love okay. it. Yeah. Okay, the the boots. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think it's bright pink. Obviously, because it's called pink python. But yeah, it's bright pink. And I just love I love brightness. Like I was all on the website. And I'm like, this is like my personality on steroids. Like awesome. all the colors and the zebra print. So it's it's <laughs> sexy. It's stylish. I can walk in them. And then I have the boots in the winter where I'm standing out and I'm I'm not wearing the. Cause here's the thing. Cause I saw some of your um I saw a couple of your videos. Here's the thing why not buy things that are made by you you know what i'm saying like our exactly. the black dollar is in our neighborhood i want to say in a, for a couple of seconds not even so a minute true. just a couple of seconds that is so true and, and it it's crazy because i actually did just post a video talking about that because mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine well not i would say acquaintance you know i watch her things a lot because she gives awesome business advice but she was bringing up talking about how major brands that are typically considered premium brands, which of course is European fashion, we are never their target market. They use us as a way to attract their target market because mm -hmm. women of color are influencers, yet we're never set at the table or given opportunity to um, influence only when their bottom line is, you know, they're losing money, they're, they're main demographic is now gravitating to another brand and they're like hey don't forget about us let's go get black women make it popular again and now that the dollars are here we don't want you to wear it we don't want you and you're not our, our demographic you know it happened with brands like Gucci it happened with brands like Tommy Hilfiger and a slew of others and I just always point out why not support a brand that is a premium brand that is made specifically for you because it's made by a woman of color. So right. don't deal with a company that you're their second option if you're even an option. Right, but even even in like our music, our culture, all, like it, it's never, I won't say it's not never because some rappers do do, but most of it they're highlighting what you just said, Gucci and and all of those designers, and it's it's not a it's not a black brand that they're saying, so they're really still inadvertently like pushing people that don't even like us in our culture, and it's not our culture. So what I love about businesses like yours is it's for the culture, like literally for the culture. And I did read on your um your website that you even use companies. You've used a company in Italy that manufactures shoes for um, high fashion. Yes, brands, right? yes, yes. What a lot of people don't know is that a lot of these, I think that's what Kanye West was trying to tell a lot of people when it came to fashion, but I don't think people were, were understanding like these, there are certain 
genres or industries that you will never be a part of because they are monopolized by families. These aren't even companies. These are families who have um, monopolized on land where they're able to, in Kanye West's case, they are able to develop the materials needed to make certain high-end clothing. So it's like, if you are wanting to be in that industry, you have to deal with them because there's nobody else to deal with. And same thing with Italian leather. There's only certain families in certain areas. In my case, it's a family in La Marche, Italy, and they are world renowned for premium footwear. So they make a lot of the, the high-end sneakers and the high-end footwear that, that are household names. And I, I think the reason why people, like you mentioned, um, artists, they kind of push those other brands. It's because those brands, because they have a monopoly, they're able to position themselves aesthetic-wise to push themselves to be like, you know, look at what this feels like. This is what it's like to wear this kind of brand. And then the dollars are often more swayed to those companies because they have the pool. They have the, the more um, the more um, I would say market share. So a company like me, I may not have a million dollar budget to go shoot somewhere on a yacht or, you know, somewhere that's luxurious to make you feel like, oh my God, I need to go buy those because it's going to paint a picture to people that, you know, you can't wear this, you can't do this, but it's like, you know, every we're not there yet. So you have to it has to be responsibility put on the consumer to understand that this is what's going on and to understand how they can begin to change the narrative. Because if the consumer doesn't change, it's not going to change anything. You can have companies like me pop up everywhere, but if people don't support it and don't change the narrative, then it's going to be the same story. How do you think the narrative could change the narrative of what luxury actually is? Because you're right. Luxury has, has been these companies for years, but how can us as a culture in our community change that narrative? Like, what are some small steps that you think, you know, besides what you just said, can like, like switch it, switch that narrative? I think, first of all, realizing that the power is within us. And, and I mean, I say that to mean we are always looked at as influencers. Even if you want to take something as minor as wearing your hair to the back as far as braids. You know what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. something that we did and was created out of necessity when we weren't able to afford, you know, the wigs and the weaves and to do different things. That was just something that we just knew how to do. And we made the best of it to the point that it became a cultural icon and a a hairstyle that everybody gravitated to even outside of our culture so that would be the first step is to realize that we are more influential than we think so we always paint the narrative i think we have to first realize that and then keep that narrative within our our scope of our culture and keep telling those stories in our way and keep it authentic to us and not not always thinking that everything and I, and I don't want to say it to, to make it seem as if I'm being exclusive, because I think if a person enjoys certain parts of culture, it's nothing wrong with indulging in that. In that. Mm -hmm. But I think what happens with us is that people indulge, they don't just indulge in our culture, they take it over. And then they change the narrative. So I think that would be the first step is kind of just, you know, keeping it 
whatever decision you make business wise or whatever wise make sure that you're in control of the narrative because they keep it ours you know what i mean yeah um you know you just you just sparked the light bulb we don't like our culture is not sacred it's like um, buffet like when i think of other cultures they have their their thing and it's sacred it's within that community but our story is always being told for us and i think that's part of the problem there is no no sacred there is no exclusivity when it comes to to our culture yeah. wow and I, I think it's like it's it's unfortunately it's like that purposely you know right because yeah. if you're on a land that your your ancestors are not from then you don't have something that belongs to you because for one you're on a land that doesn't belong to you i know a lot of people say we built this country which we did and in a lot of cases we did however that's not where we're not from this area you know we're not from this landmass. so i think that other cultures the reason why it's so sacred is because they're on the landmass where they were able to build those cultures to where it's a tradition you know if you think of a Chinese culture. They have China or Asian countries. You know what I'm saying? These are yeah. people that are backed by country. And you know, we're we're a lot of people would attach us to Africa and say that that's kind of like our roots, but how many African American people ever even been to Africa? Right. Who's ever who's ever even known to have family in Africa to even know what the culture is over there? So I think that's the disconnect is that we, we don't have our own land where we can kind of cultivate this culture where it is a tradition and that's what makes it sacred. I love that. I love I love what you're saying. And it's like when they when we were ripped from Africa, that's where our culture kind of just the fabric just starts tearing start yeah. caring and even even unfortunately there's a a disconnect with african americans and africa and like you said that's by design you yeah. know so that's unfortunate i didn't even think about that because i'm like how is this so easy to appropriate us yeah it, it's not like you said it's not sacred and i think that's why it's almost like if you were to think about a, a family that grew up with generations and generations in one house, you know, that's their home. And that generation and generation, that's building of something over time that's gonna be hard to infiltrate. Even if you think about with the family in Le Marche, Italy, that's something, that's a, a craftsmanship that had to be passed down from generation to generation to generation. And I think if you don't have that mindset, for example, if you have a family and one person wants to go to school to be a doctor and the other person wants to go to school to be, you know, an engineer. And it's not a, a cohesive thinking of what are we doing to build generational wealth? What are we doing to keep this in our family? And I think by us being detached from our landmass, it has put us into that mindset of individuality. And it's almost like a, a tricky game because it's almost like, everybody is pushing individuality but the only people that is actually practicing it is us <laughs> because everybody else is pushing individuality but they're not moving individual because when they make moves they're making generational moves right. if somebody is going to school for something it's because it's going to be adding wealth to that family it's going to be 
expounding on that family's empire. And I, I think that we don't do that. We fed into, we kind of, we took the medicine and fed into the idea of the American dream when in actuality, the American dream, it's not individuality. It's always family. <laughs> so community, I think, right. <laughs> yeah, you can't have any, even the word tell you that, you know, I don't know if you're a Bible person, but it's like yeah. a house divided against itself can't stand. So if everybody's individual and divided, the most high himself is telling you it's not going to stand. <laughs> so right. you have right. to think about it that way. Yeah, you're right, because we have so many subcategories, um, colorism and ageism and ism, ism, ism. There's so many isms out there that's not even right. important. And if we could just drop those isms that we didn't give ourselves in the first place and just learn like the importance of community and not competition. And yeah. I feel like that is still kind of a myth within a, like females like all females you know all cultures where we're very competitive with each other and i don't think that's the case all the time like i feel like it's more a community with women that i've experienced i haven't experienced much competition i, don't, I can't how do you feel about that statement about competition between women yeah i think it's an, another fallacy that we've been fed and kind of bought into um, mm -hmm. Because like you said, you yourself, you haven't experienced much competition. Um, even myself, I I meet a lot of women who are collaborative. Even right. meeting women like yourself who allow me to come on, my, on your platform and talk about what I have going on. I've always met women like that. But I think as a whole, it's this idea, once again, of like I said, that they push you know, and I hate saying they because it's like, who is the they? The power that be. <laughs> like, who is it? But it's almost like the same thing with how they, they push the narrative of individuality. I think that they're the, you know what? I'm actually, I was going to say that the narrative of competition is pushed, but I, I take that back. I think that just the way that women are raised, it makes you competitive. Because you got to think about it this way. Women are raised to be wives and, and rear a family more so than men are. I mean, think about it, because even yeah. our toys is geared towards family, taking care of stuff. Men, their toys are geared towards individuality and kind of just being a lone wolf. You know, they're not playing with toys and saying, this is the husband, this is the wife, and we're gonna have kids. They're like playing with superheroes and like all these um, imaginative things that allow them to be like these big dreamers and kind of, if you want to say aloof, whereas women are always taught to be like grounded and it's about family and you have to, you know, become somebody's wife. And I think that in itself breeds in sort, you know, kind of like a personality of being competitive because if you're grown up thinking that you have to get married, that's competitive in itself because you're not the only woman in the world. And then we're taught that men are visual. So right there, that's being implanted in us. Like, okay, if men are visual and, you know, men like, you know, big breasts and big hips and big this and big that, I gotta be all of that, you know? So that, that breeds competitiveness in itself. So I think if you haven't matured, you know, mentally and emotionally, kind of have a different approach to things, we can all be competitive, right? But yeah. it's, I think when you get beyond that, you kind of did some things or went through some things in your life that kind of 
took that out of you. Yeah, I agree with that. And even with the, like, women are, are on the move. I feel like since 2020, we've been on the move. Yes. Um, a couple of weeks, <laughs> like, yeah, about a couple of weeks ago, I looked it up and they said that women are becoming, if not already, the most, um, the biggest demographic of entrepreneurs. And it's black women on top of that. You know, and even with all of this women movement, we still have posts today where, uh, Ashanti is I think like 40 something and they're just like how is she this cute and not married and it's like did you ever think that maybe she don't want to be like it's still that old that yeah. old thinking of she should be married she sh why right. why can't right. she live her best life at 41 without why does it always have to be tied to to a man or in our relationship and I feel like even with us making all these footprints I don't know when like I'm not gonna say all the male species, but the old thinking can kind of disintegrate and kind of progress with our movement because I feel like that's a little bit the thinking process is a little bit slower than our progression because we're we're on the move, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what though, I I agree with you, but here's where I I kind of disagree. Okay. I I think that men are very they are an integral part. You know, because I think society, that's another thing that they kind of um, made us into thinking. It was like at some point they breaded that in, in us, like you have to grow up to be a wife, you have to do this. But at some point it shifted to you don't need a man. You don't, you can do oh, it on your own. You can be independent, this and that. And that's so true. That is so true because I think women go through so much that it makes our tenacity to be strong and be able to go through things. However, that is in this construct. You understand what I'm saying? Because if yeah. the dynamics change and things went back primitive, like they were, when the things that we as women celebrate wouldn't be irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you being a CEO of a company isn't relevant if things go back to where you gotta go hunt for your own food. <laughs> like, like you're gonna really want a man to go out and hunt for you you're, I know I'm not gonna go hunting and doing all of that stuff so it's like right. you just kind of gotta play the, play the game you know and understand that unfortunately if we're on the chessboard of course the queen is moving differently and she got all these different moves and she's in front of the king but that's in the game you get what I'm saying it's a yeah. game <laughs> so, I get what you're saying yeah and yeah. I'm not trying to like, you know, erase the men, um, the men that just as important. But I feel like when I see a post of a girl just at Ashanti at the beach on vacation, why? Right. <laughs> why right. such comments? Yeah. You know, and you I, I agree with that. Right. right. Like yeah. why are we assuming she's lonely or the I think the the statement that kind of um irritated me was something must be wrong with her. Because she's vacationing she, by herself? Right. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> I think people just read too much into stuff. So I totally get what you're saying. But it goes back to what I was saying earlier that very early on, women are automatically attached to be somebody's wife, be somebody's better half. And it's nothing wrong with that. Just like it's nothing wrong with, you know, if you're a powerful woman and you're making all these moves and you're as, as beautiful as Ashanti, it doesn't mean that something's wrong just because you don't see a man. And, and then you don't know that lady in real life. So you don't know what she has. She probably has a man or a husband. And you, we just don't know. 
you know, her entertainment life is not a reflection. It could be a reflection of her, but um, in most cases, most entertainers, they have lives that are private that they choose not to disclose publicly. Exactly, exactly. And and I've been I've been married for almost 13 years and I know that oh, wow. a part of my success and most of my, you know, like a large percentage is from my husband's support and pushing me when I didn't think I can do things. So I do agree with you, like the man has his place. But if I wasn't married, I'm just as important. I'm just as strong. I'm just as smart. You know, right. he's an yeah. addition you to know me. What? I've already started off solid. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know what, that you saying that kind of just clicked everything that you were trying to say with the shocking thing. I do think that society does paint this picture that, you know, women are not whole without a man. When the, the concept should be, we're both beasts. Why can't we just both be beasts and we're coming together? Right. It does um, take a lot to intricately make that work, though. You know what I mean? Because yeah. two big, strong personalities sometimes does always work when you're trying to you know, walk walk straight. And one person is like, no, we're doing this. And the other person like, no, we're doing this. But there are some people who have allowed, been able to thrive with that dynamics. You know, because a lot of, believe it or not, a lot of women they do have men behind them but because society is kind of like this you know women empowerment is kind of like the thing right now because like you said we're killing it so a lot of people it's marketable to appear to be single you know what i mean because it almost gives this this idea of oh this woman is unstoppable and she's doing all of this but you come on now you know as a woman for one we have needs <laughs> for two <laughs> We have those moments where things are not going right and we're breaking down and crying and now we need we need some enforcement. Right. <laughs> we need enforcement to keep things going and make things happen. So you know definitely for sure a man is somewhere in the in the background. So yeah. Exactly. It's a safety net somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because no woman is out here just winging and facing the world by herself. I don't care if it's, a, it's just a sneaky link. You got some kind of male enforcement going on. <laughs> it, it may not be a man, you got some testosterone somewhere. <laughs> So we talked about you creating your lane and how you stepped out on faith with the need. Like, this is a need. We need this. We need you. So you are creating a lane for yourself and you stepped out on faith on a need, you know, because we need you. We need we need a woman-owned uh, sneaker brand. We need that. So for someone that is similar to you that is looking to branch out into an untapped field, um, what advice would you give them to get started? Absolutely. I always say, first of all, with anything in life, especially in business, always follow your intuition. Um, but first, you have to make sure that your intuition is clear. That is yours. And the only way that you can make sure that your intuition is yours is by investing in yourself, knowing yourself, learning yourself. So that's the first step so that you can be sure that when you are following your intuition, it's actually yours. Because a lot of things can be downloaded into us that don't necessarily belong to us. And you think you're following your intuition, but you're really not. So that's the first step. And once you, you know that you're following your intuition, understand nobody can offer what you're going to offer because it took your personal life your for you to have this kind of perspective. 
So you're the only person that can bring that perspective to the world. So don't let people make you think that. I, I always tell people I am a non-performance, non-traditional business person because most of the time they teach you find a business, benchmark your business off of theirs, do everything that they're doing that works and implement it in your business. I agree with that to, to some aspects, but if you take all of that, you end up getting a lot of, of the same thing. You know what I'm saying? You don't get these like breakout companies that are trailblazers and pioneers because everybody is mimicking each other. And I think every so often things need to be shooken up. And the only way things are shooken up is when you develop that mindset, like, you know what, I'm going to be do my own thing. And even if no one else is doing it, obviously, if I'm feeling all of this stuff, it, it's a calling for me to bring that perspective to the world. So follow it. So my advice is just follow your intuition. I love that. I love that. And and sometimes you don't have to do that alone. And so that's why I I commend people that step on that that un what is it called that untraveled that untraveled road because it does get lonely because people most people think you've lost your mind when yeah. you're stepping outside of something that's not familiar if you're not doing right. a the norm in business and what you did was totally totally outside of the norm and yeah <laughs> you're so right because i got that a lot I, like so many people is like oh you can't compete with this company they've been and you know you can't and i'm just when people say stuff like that to me i'm just always sitting and staring at them like i'm not even thinking about them honey like i'm thinking about, i am not thinking about what they're doing all i'm thinking about is what i'm doing and I think when you approach it from that that aspect, that that's why your title is so fitting. Be your own kind, because some I'm telling you, it's it, I know all throughout this interview I've mentioned, you know, being fed a narrative, and I think that I say that so much because I learned so much that a lot of the things that we do are narratives that were pushed to us or downloaded into us. So I think a lot of the ways that we think and do things are just. You know, we think we're being individual and we're really not. And it's really the people who have been allowed to be their own kind that are being trailblazers and monopolizing over everything because they're sitting over here telling you this thing, but they're operating completely different over here. Like they're telling you, oh, go benchmark a company. But it's like, okay, who did you benchmark? Right. Because exactly. it wasn't this company before yours, so you were doing your own thing, right? <laughs> so why are you telling me to pattern myself off of this when you didn't even do that? Exactly, because we all started at zero. I always say that on social media when I like this, this person have a million followers. I'm like, but one thing we have in common is we both started at zero. So absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, that's so true. I think you just gotta. It is it, so fit into the title, be your own kind. I think that's the best advice you can give anybody because when you're being yourself, one thing that you know for sure is when things go awry, which they will, you will authentically navigate that. But when you're trying to hit, do things off of somebody else, you're, when things go awry, you're going to be looking for that person to navigate you because you, you patterned everything off of this. So now you're going to be looking to handle things the way they would have. And it kind of takes away from the authenticity of, of, of things. So I think when you're doing things your own way, it is the best navigator because you're, you're doing what feels natural to you. 
you're doing what feels comfortable to you. You're doing you. So who can do you better than you? I love that. I love that. Even starting this podcast, I was reluctant. And my husband was like, I'm like, it is so many podcasts out here. Who would listen to mine? He was like, hey, there's one thing that everybody podcasts don't have, and that's you. And that's what made me start it. Just something that simple, because I'm like, okay. And I'm in a, I'm in a, a saturated, <laughs> you know. No, but you know what, though? They, yeah. When it comes to podcasts, it isn't even about the subject matter. It's about the hopes, because everybody aren't willing to. So it's some people who would never do a show just because who's the host, who the, the kind of person they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you probably have a certain skill set that attracts certain people that would only talk with you. Yeah. Um, which I found because um, I really <laughs> love talking to everyone on here. And if I go in their DMs or just check up on them, they answer me. You know, so it Again. always makes me feel like, okay, they were comfortable and I made a, at least a positive right. impact. That's a good point because you, yeah. you know when somebody really wasn't feeling you because you are, you are not getting no follow-up afterwards. No, <laughs> they're, they're, like, I don't want, <laughs> they're like, I don't want no parts. So that is that is a good indicator that people really rocking with you because they you've developed a um, comfortability, like they feel comfortable with you. And, and you come off as sincere. A lot of people are not sincere. A lot of people, you do their shows and you can inbox them and they won't respond. And you're like, dang, I was just, oh, guess what you should <laughs> And it, it lets you know that it was only just about filling the spot. You know what I'm saying? They they didn't, they weren't invested in what you were talking about. They didn't care what you were talking about. They didn't care what you came on there to talk about. They just wanted to have content to put out. So, you know, it could be a saturated market, but you could bring that. You could bring sincerity. You could be, bring realness. You can bring making people comfortable. And I think I, I, that if, I keep saying this, but that lends to your title as well. Because a lot of people, imagine if you would have not did your podcast because you felt like it was so saturated. But within you being your own kind and yourself, you're you're creating this lane. You know what I'm saying? We're only yeah. going to fulfill it. So... You just got to be yourself. You have to in anything you do. I love that. So whether you're on a, a less travel road or a saturated one, be yourself. I love that. <laughs> I love Absolutely. that. I also love, I was all on your website, as you can see, all of your business. <laughs> I love um, it. Thank you so much. <laughs> you have a Black Women Show Up Collection grant. I love your explanation yeah. because the hashtag Black Girl Follow on TikTok Mm -hmm. That eliminated any narrative of women not supporting women because that it was a it was a huge phenomenon. Even though people were like, "Don't do that because you're not going to have your audience." I'm like, "But look at the love just for people not even knowing you. They're just following you." Absolutely, but you know what? I a lot of people were telling me that too, and I did experience that because for for a good month, I would say I had a dip in my views. Everything I would post would stay at zero. Mm -hmm. But when I tell you it was about quantity over quality for me, because I met some awesome, awesome people. And I didn't even realize how much I was needing that relatability. I didn't even realize how much I needed that because I was talking to so many different women across the world that looked like me and we cried 
we share stories and I realized we all are going through the same kind of things. We need each other. And it's not even about being exclusive. It really is. And it's not about it's excluding anybody. It's about where's the safe place for me. And, and people can say all day, well, you can, you know, you can do, no, you can't. That's just like being a woman. There's only certain things that another woman can talk to about to another woman because a man might not ever understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why even in a marriage, you're not going to be able to talk to your husband about every single thing. You can, but he might not be able to understand it. You, you might be emotional one day, you know, where you're just feeling all over the place. He might be looking at you like you have lost your mind and like thinking like, just stop or just do this. But another woman, you could just tell her and she, she would be like, I know. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. You didn't even have to say much. They'd be like, say less. I already know how you feel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Even it's, it's so funny because my like the guy I'm with is some things he just won't understand. Like I I'm I started a diet like months ago. So far I've lost fifty pounds, right? And I've like been yeah. really yes, I've been like really on it, like going to the gym, eating right, but then I have my days where I'm like, I want some cake. And I'm going to go get some cake. And he's looking at it like, oh, you're, you're being a pig. You're the, no, something in me, hormonal, <laughs> is making me want this cake. And I want it. And I, you know, and I can call my mom and she'll get it. You know, she'll be like, oh, you, you, you'll get, get it and get back on track. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, that's just a small example of that whole movement, how it was so needed for so many women. Cause yeah. I think we were going through so many things, especially with the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people were struggling with all kinds of things in their home and we just needed it. Like I've seen so many women sharing stories like beautiful stories or just even being able to hear somebody talk about something that you thought you were only going through by yourself. And just to hear like, wow somebody else feels like that or you know they're going through that it's almost like finding your tribe and yeah. it was it was a lot of times where I was so emotional about that that's what prompted me to make that that line because I was so moved by that because I like I said I didn't even know I needed that yeah and it, it was just it was the flood of love and support like hey Hey, I need, I'm trying to go live. And everybody's like, okay, sis, you know, right. and another, and like you said, you have those little conversations and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You know, I had a couple of people trying to tell me my fortune, but besides that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, it was, it's, that it was is so funny because I was getting that a lot too. But, but even hearing people talk about that, it was just like this connectivity, like, man, it just brought such a nostalgic feeling. I think as we get older, and we're kind of removed from this idea of like family and neighborhoods. You kind of miss that. Cause if you think about it, growing up was like that. Like you had all the, the neighborhood, we could sit on each other porches and talk to each other and come over each other house and, you know, share stories, laugh about stuff, you know, have people supporting you with no questions asked. They, they're not even asking questions. They're just like, I got you, I got you. It was like that kind of thing. And it was just so dope. I was like, man, I gotta do something to, to commemorate this and to keep it going. Cause that, it was such a dope vibe. And it still is. Cause when I tell you my um, 40K, my feed has changed so much. Yes. And it, it's so inspiring. It's just like, I'm just seeing 
me everywhere. <laughs> just being us everywhere. And it's, I think that's so dope. And that's not to say that I don't enjoy content by anybody else, because I definitely do. But even a person who says they have a problem with it, they know it's something different when you can connect with somebody that comes from where you come from. And they can talk about the things that you talk about. Because there's, let's just be honest, there's just some things you're not going to get because you didn't grow up a certain way. Right. You didn't have to deal with certain things. So you will never be able to connect with somebody like that. And that's not to say that we can't connect on other things, but this is a social platform. So a lot of the things that we're looking to connect to is going to stem from a social standpoint. So if we didn't grow up the same kind of way and we didn't have the same kind of family dynamic, a lot there's going to be a disconnect because you might talk about something and you may think, it's relatable, but I'm on the other end. Like I ain't never went, I ain't never experienced that as I'm sure they're looking at us that way. So it was just super dope. And you make a point. It's a social platform. The social media, like Instagram, Facebook, it's all come to like business. But the whole point of Facebook, because I was the first one, was to keep in touch, was to socialize, was to build. Um, like a, a technical community, you know, an internet yeah. community in a sense. And it's turned so business. And I mm. feel like um, I'm loving what you said is when we did the follow, it was almost like being on a porch, like playing Uno with each other, drinking, right. yeah. and, you know, like look at her walking down the street. It's that thing <laughs> we were talking about earlier, like community, mm-hmm. community, yeah. you know? And then it, what, what better, what, that is such a great place though to for businesses to stem from because mm-hmm. now there's the connection you know right. what i mean it, it's a i think what you said when you said it, it became a lot of business that's what made it feel like business because there was no social connection and it was just like i'm being sold to you know even yeah. if you are doing something that's familiar to me i know i'm being sold to, you know what i mean so right. it's, just, it's a disconnect so I, I even think it's awesome because I've had so many women purchase my sneakers just from that train. And, and I'm talking about that wasn't even the initial conversation. They just happened to be looking on my feed and was just like, I didn't know you sold sneakers. I just ordered a pair. I'm like, really? Thank you. So, <laughs> yes. So it was super dope. Um, and, and what made me want to do that from a um, creator standpoint as far as offering the grant is because I started seeing a lot of women saying, okay, you guys, I got a thousand followers, but now what do I do? (laughs) Okay, you guys, I can go live, but now what do I do? And I think that um, it was important to add that aspect because like I mentioned earlier, we strive to be a company that is for the style influencer. And a lot of times we look at influencers in this certain light. We, we look at influencers as the girl who got all the, you know, the Gucci, the this, the that, and traveling everywhere. When, you know, that's to me, that's not an influencer. That's a person that's doing something everybody else is doing. So for that girl, it is. I mean, essentially, look at how many people that you can find on Instagram that are going to the same kind of places. You know what I'm saying? And you yeah. you might think you're doing something influential, but it's just like, we all know what this is about already. So it's like, you're not teaching me or showing me something I don't know about. So what made me want to create that grant is because I started thinking like, I want to start pushing to the narrative for women to really change the dynamics of what it means to be an influencer. 
or creator. It doesn't mean doing something that's already done and kind of trying to make this now your thing. It's about finding who you are in that space, being your own kind. And now you're able to navigate it into those different platforms of being a creator or being an influencer. Because whether you know it or not, everybody's not, everybody might not be a heel girl. Everybody not, might, might not be a makeup girl or, you know, a lace front wig girl or, you know, all these different kind of girls. And it's different people all across the world. So you're a creator in your own right. So you don't have to, even if it's just getting on there and talking about how your day was. You're influencing somebody. Doesn't that make you an influencer? It does. It does. And that's a, that's a that's definitely an out of a box out of the box definition of influencer because right now it is kind of boiled down to I'm living my best life, but you know who influences me? The girl that get on TikTok and be like, "Look, I ain't got it yeah. all together. Let me tell exactly. you about my day." Like that's who influences me. Right, because it's more relatable. Like I, yeah. I can't get on a plane and fly to Paris and and you know wear red bottoms. That's not relatable to me because I might not be at a point in my life where I can do that. But you know what is relatable to me? A young lady who's talking about, hey, you guys, I had a hard day, and it's here's a hat to a drink. You know, <laughs> you guys may not be drinkers, but this is a hat to make a drink where you don't taste the alcohol. You influence me. Yes. You're creating content. So I think that, you know, that that's what it that's the narrative that I want to push with style influence her and being a creator. It's like and I want to use all those things to the tie into my brand because that's all that I am about. So I'm trying to look for different avenues to kind of really push, hey, this let's change the narrative of what it means to be a style influencer. Let's change the narrative of what it means to be a creator. And I understand that there's not funding for people that go from that avenue. Because when you're doing something different, when you're marching in your own lane, it is an uphill battle because you're not doing something that's already created for you. You're creating it. Right. So the numbers are going to be small very early on. But if you stay with it, it's going to ultimately grow to those numbers and to those platforms that the people that you think, oh, they are, they're, you know, the biggest influencer or the bigger creators, but you're going to appear that way when you're doing something that's already in place for you. Right. You know, cause you're not, you're not creating anything from scratch. If you were creating it from scratch, like you said, we all started zero. Right. And, and it'll build slow, but here's the thing: it something different catches on like this because you here's when you start something different, you get imitators, and those imitators blow it up, and everybody wants to find out the source. Yes, <laughs> that is so true, especially with social media because we got mm -hmm. a lot of detectives and, and investigators that they're like, "We're who? I've seen a video that reminds me of this. They got this from this person, <laughs> so you're so right about that." Yeah, they, they be on it. They, they really, I'm like, y'all, what do y'all do in this day? They like, we detect. <laughs> How did you find right. they go from one? I think they were trying to figure out who was the originator of the black girl follow train because they oh, weren't yeah. getting credited. You know how mm. most of those sounds get credited, but that mm. that one sound that was blowing, like just blowing up TikTok was not 
discredited. So wow. a person, so people were going through another person, through another person. They end up finding that person, and mm -hmm. she was like, "Why bother?" But everybody was like, "No, tag her, tag her." And I'm like, "They will always find the originator, always." Yeah, and it it even goes back to what we were saying. If you're not something, somebody that's already like, you know. Cause I always say that people love in some cases to push things that are already a movement because it's easy. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to convince a person to follow somebody that got a million followers because it's going to create this group think of, well, they must be about something because a million other people think so versus a person who may have the most profound things to say, doing the most awesome things. They might only have 500 followers. And we're conditioned to think, well, if they were that awesome, they would have more followers. But no, I look at it like they're really, they're doing something that's different. They're creating their own path. You know, before you build a house, you got to clear the land, you right. know? So I, that's how I look at it. No, I love what you're saying. It's levels to it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. it's levels to it. And foundation is probably the most labor intensive part when you are creating your own life. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but I, I think it, it will be very um you will definitely reap the, the fruit of your labor when you stay the path and you've created that foundation and you begin to build things. Because I'm it'll be four years this April that my brand has been in in motion and each year I'm just always like, oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't stop. Oh my God, because it just gets better and better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have my times of stagnation or times where it's like, okay, this, this needs something resuscitated here, <laughs> you know? But then it, it's like a back and forth, but it's like, I never stopped. And because I never stopped, I was continuing to build. Like in the stages where everybody was like, doubting it and saying, I don't think you should do that or I don't think it's going to go anywhere or people don't really buy those, you know, all the the naysayers. If I would have listened and stopped, I would have never been at this point, you know, meeting awesome people like yourself or even being able to share my story on different platforms or even being in business to have a platform to start something like the Black Women Follow, the Black Women Show Up Apparel. So it's just like, just keep going. I love that. I love that. Well, here at BYOK, we have a staple question. If you okay. could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? Non-conforming, if that's one word. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Non-conforming, because I think I've always been that kind of person, like not even when it comes to business, just like anything. Like, I remember in high school i hated high school oh my god i hated it and the reason why i hated it because i couldn't stand that group think you know i could not stand when people clicked up i couldn't stand when people um just they're conforming and they're trying to portray it as like individuality and you're like you all of you guys act the same <laughs> like you all are doing the same thing you all are talking about the same thing you all are the same thing like you're not doing anything different um so i would say that and that's why because i just always offer a different perspective i'm always going to do things my way i'm always going to and my way is always the opposite of of the crowd like literally anything i'm i literally live by 
if everybody is doing something, go the other way because there is something's not right. <laughs> like something's gonna end up being bad down that path because all these people should not be going the same way. I love that. I you know with something trend I am resisting. Like everybody was watching um the best man series and I'm like, nope, nope, it's too yeah. popular. <laughs> yes, I'm like that too. If it's a series or a movie, like when everybody starts talking about it, I instantly go, it's not that good. I already know it's not good because for one, it's always those little movies that I end up thinking is like, that was really good. And most people aren't might not think it was good, but I thought it was good. Like, what was that one movie everybody was talking about? And I think it was Bird Box, I want to say. Oh, I, I never think thought it. With the, with the people being blindfolded, I think Sandra like, Bullock. Yeah, everybody yeah. was talking about that. Like at one point, and I knew for a fact because I always say every time everybody's talking about it, it's going to be trash. And I tried to watch it, and I was like, I knew I was right. Like this is not even good. Like this is so stupid. Like what is this even about? I couldn't even get through it. So it's just like, no. If everybody is doing something, I'm going to purposely go the other way. <laughs> Yep, that's that. That's me, and I've never seen that movie just for that reason. I'm like, I'm looking on Netflix. And I'm like, so not Netflix, uh, Instagram. I'm like, so they're blind. No, I'm not watching it. <laughs> and they were like being all philosophical about it. It's about the the trajectory. Yeah. Of da, 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 da. I'm like, right. I'm like, nah. <laughs> y'all, y'all trying to get this thing too much gas, and if it was going, it would have its own gas. So no, right? There's too many vocabulary words in this one sentence. Just long words. Right. I don't trust. It. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was, I would agree with you. If it one word that would describe me is non-conformant, and I think, like, even with starting Jamie Marie premium sneakers it, it so fit into my personality because I've always been like that I've always been a person that, that just wanted to do something different that everybody else isn't doing and I think that's I'm doing I think that you're going to start seeing a lot more people doing that though because mm -hmm. I don't know how how um I know when I first started my brand and I could be wrong but I'm just saying from my perspective I wasn't seeing zebra print in sneakers I wasn't seeing like these big bold patterns. I even posted like on my Instagram. Sometimes I'll post like, uh, somebody copying this because I didn't see this design. Like I even remember the first year I want to say when I dropped, um, not Pink Python Reloaded, but Pink, cause it's Pink Python Reloaded, which is the boot. And then there's Pink Python, the sneaker. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first dropped that, there were so many major brands making variations of it. And I was just like posting like, you guys don't see that this is like, this is so my design. Like nobody was putting those colors together. Nobody was using zebra. And then I started, what was the other sneaker that, um, Azotica. Mm -hmm. I seen somebody else do like, it was almost like a spitting image. And I was just like, come on guys. Like you guys are literally <laughs> just redoing my designs and making different small changes, but I know it's my design because I didn't see this anywhere. Right. So you you have that, but you can't be duplicated. Can't be duplicated. They can yeah. try. They can try. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell people that too. Like you don't ever feel intimidated when people 
copy you because they have to keep that momentum going. Remember when I said earlier, when things go awry, you're going to be looking for how that person would handle it versus how you would handle it. And if it's not something you authentically gravitated to, you're not going to handle it authentically because it was never yours to begin with. <laughs> and that's going to come <laughs> off to people. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, Danielle, where can people go to purchase these shoes? Yes. So, you guys can go to www.jmariepremiumsneakers.com. Make sure that you join the mailing list because when you join the mailing list, you're going to get $30 off your first purchase and you're going to be able to be invited to an ongoing sale, which is very steep discounts on all of the sneakers that are on the website. So if you see a fave, join the mailing list because for one, you get $30 off and there's a highly chance that your fave is on the ongoing sale list because it's like a certain set i'll say i call it the faves because they're always like my favorite pick and then i put them on like a steep discount but they're only available to the people on my mail list mm, i like that. that's tricky you got to put in your email you know that how those things pop up and you like x nope don't x that put your email in <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know, i'm on that list i'm like info at <laughs> awesome 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 thank you so yes. much Thank you, thank you for um for signing up to be on the platform. I really enjoyed our conversation. Like I'm so inspired um, because I didn't realize that that females weren't really like a staple in the sneaker. Uh, but I didn't until I read your website. I'm like, dang, you don't even. And think I appreciate that. that too from you. That just even really checking it out because you you have people that say I went on your website and you like you ain't you're not really talking to me you know what I'm saying <laughs> so for you to have mentioned like the black women show up and then even that tidbit of the it being a male dominated and a sports dominated industry like you really check out the website and I think that when you are looking to purchase from a brand you do want to really look into what are this what is this brand's value what do they stand for what am i buying into because a lot of times it's more than just purchasing the product because when you when you fund something in the form of purchasing a product you're funding what that person believes in and if you don't know what that person believes in it, it will behoove you to find out because in a lot of cases you may be paying for your own demise which is in the case of some of these luxury brands, unfortunately, where you look in the history and you like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's very important to know um, who's where your money going. Can yes, you work hard absolutely. for your money? So you want to make sure it's it's aligned with your values at time, not always with the trend, right. but with your values. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate that because you definitely are like the stellar. Um, example of the consumers that I would wish to have, like consumers that actually read and look into stuff because then they'll realize, wait a minute, it's not just quality, it's not just style, it's actually, you know, values behind this, there's actually strong you know, roots and this is like a brand that really stands for something, so I really appreciate that, I think that's dope. 
Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I appreciate this time. And um, I can go on and on and on. I have to always <laughs> stop myself every episode because I'm like, people I, might actually have things to do. And I'll be like, and another thing. So I have to catch myself. <laughs> it's just so many dope people in the world. And I just like be drinking people up. Um, but I just love, I just love everything about your brand. I love everything about the backstory. You know, because um, MS is not, that's not no easy diagnosis, you know. And I love the fact that you're like, you know what, we're going to move forward, you know, and I'm going to adjust. And then you adjust it to like the ultimate level. Like, and then I'm going to start a business. <laughs> a yeah, I so I, I love it. You think of it that way. You're yeah, right. I love that. <laughs> I love that, you know. And um, the, I'm, I thank you for this. I thank you for this because you know what, you're going to inspire another woman or another little girl to tap into something that is mainly male dominated so you are setting generational wealth not even with not just in your family but in other families as well so we salute you you. thank you so much i thank you so much for having me i have enjoyed you yeah oh thank you i've enjoyed you as well (laughs) listeners listeners you heard her be authentic follow your intuition and whether you are in a saturated field or you or you're in an untapped field be yourself because that's that's all we need is you there's a million different businesses out here or even some untapped but the thing is there's only one of you so make sure that you shine yourself and in, in all that you do so make sure you be your own kind Yes, yes. Thank you. (laughs) And until next time, everyone, don't forget to be your own kind and to be kind to each other. Bye.